Hey, 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 listeners! It's Talk Talk in 10. It's been a while. Welcome back. I know. I. Been like four, four, it's been like three or four weeks. Ago. At least a decade. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's been a busy time, been exam busy. season. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we have special things happening today. I am one of your hosts, teacher Nina Hall. I am another one of your hosts, teacher Paris Nainani. And we have a surprise to make up for the fact that we've been away for so long. Exactly. Ready? Okay, it's me, Anna. <laughs> we had our TOK head of department, Anna Hammond. Anna, what do students call you? Do they call you Miss Hammond? Anna do they call you Anna? Anna? I think Anna. both. Okay. Well, I don't know what they really call me, but that's yeah. what they call me to my yeah. That's a different conversation. <laughs> Listeners, don't get any ideas. Um, with this podcast, we always start with a little fun bit called I'm a TOK teacher, but, and, and guys, I've got one. Do it. So um, this week... We started talking about the human sciences, mm -hmm. and I felt really good about it. I was like super confident about yeah, it. Yeah. And then we got into a discussion about like um, free will, actually, yeah, and yeah. the difference between humans and essentially like humanoid robots and okay. things like that, which is sort of interesting. Right. And then I had some students in this like discussion start talking about ethics yeah. and economics. Right. And I was like, oh my god, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> They knew way, 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 way more than I did, which I guess isn't super uncommon because no. some of these students know so they're so much more specialized in some of these fields than I am. No, that is what a TOK teacher should, they should have the first order knowledge. Good point. We need to harness that as a TOK teacher. I know. That is a false, I'm a TOK teacher, but. I'm going <laughs> to okay, okay. I'm a TOK teacher, but. I got it wrong. I'm a TOK teacher. That's <laughs> there it is. That's there your it is. Okay, okay, I'm a TOK teacher, and I was once again schooled in my own school. As it should be. That's awesome. That's the way. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. awesome to a point that I was like, I don't even know how to like paraphrase this or yeah, like. Yeah. That's amazing because then they can really riff cool. off each other and they yeah. can learn and they in did. that sense. And yeah, they did. It was really cool. As soon as you do that, then you you can pull them up to the second order, and then we're good. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, all right, all done. Good job, guys. That's the feedback I gave them. <laughs> all righty. Let's uh, move on to this week. Yeah. All right. This week, we are talking about the IAs. We are coming up to TOK exhibition stuff. People are putting together their three objects. And this is tricky. So we wanted to bring in Anna Hammonds so that we could talk about um, what makes a good IA. Anna, what advice do you have for us? You're the pro, Anna. I know. Take it away. <laughs> well, possibly follow the instructions <laughs> and then follow Fair the point. guidance of your teacher. That's normally that if that doesn't happen, then we're in trouble. <laughs> if we do follow the instructions and then add the guidance, then normally students can, can just uh, be very confident about what they're creating. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that will make a good IA. Mm. So this is funny to me to talk about follow the instructions that sounds mm -hmm. so easy yeah and yet <laughs> yeah but, but that's the thing right especially when it comes to choosing an object it's yeah. it is we're, we're very honest from the get-go as teachers that this right. is this is the first year so let's try to stick to safe objects right as close to the rules as you possibly can yes let's not try to uh deviate away from those but even that it can be can be hard to interpret sometimes I yes think. Yeah. yes yeah. so i've realized the way that my teaching is changing even through these last few weeks when I, when I ask students what their object is, I often ask them, well, okay, how has it, is this an object that has affected your knowledge somehow? Correct. Where like somehow in your interaction with it, you learned something or your, your perspective was broadened or 
something. Yeah. Um, affecting knowledge generally. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's that's real world context. And exactly. That, that's something that the students need to keep in mind that there's, it's not just, oh, what is this object right. or where does it exist? It's how does that interact with knowledge? Right. Uh, yours and others. Right. Yeah. But I've also realized that I have been sort of harping on this so mm. much that now some students are really into the idea that it has to be an object that they are personally connected to. And that's not quite what I meant. So I realize now that I'm like, well, it could be something that is not connected to you. Like mm. one object that a student brought up were the um, black cheetah mm. high tops. Mm. This is a kind of shoe. Ironically, they're white, okay. not black. Okay. <laughs> and they are um, an interesting, like, representation of being part of the Taliban in Afghanistan. Interesting. Like all of these members have these white high tops. Wow. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to assume that you don't have a personal connection to that. Let's Hopefully. hope. <laughs> Let's hope. Yeah. Um, but that could be, that's a specific enough object. Correct. Yes. And that's definitely a piece of knowledge that could affect your I completely agree. I do think though, and I, I don't know, I'm yeah. going to shoot this to Anna. Yeah. I think I've been suggesting to my kids to try to keep it personal yeah. because that is, again, closer to the guidelines. Yeah. Although you're very right in saying that there can be objects that have good real world, specific real world context that aren't personally relevant to you. What do you um, think, What yeah. do you think, Anna? Well, it can be a combination of things. Uh, I think ideally they will possibly have an object where they are part of the real world context so it can be you know this is me this is my perspective and this is the perspective of i don't know uh my family or my friends mm -hmm. um and that can be one of the possibilities but then again making yourself as part of the real world context for all three objects that's that doesn't mean variety so right. Then I would say, right. well, pick another object that um, is discussing knowledge that you care about, mm. um, but you don't need to be part of that. You may have enough perspective as uh, looking at um, communities or you know anything that you research about that where that knowledge creates tension or is in focus for certain communities, uh, matters to them, yeah. and can be another personal connection. Well. There could be, so maybe it affects you as your generation, so there can be some mm. issue that affects you are part of the generation, but it's not necessarily as personal as, um, you know, I have to deal with it individually on yeah. my right. own. It right. can be something that affects the generation that you ah. belong to. Correct. So that's I get that's, that is a good, yeah, because yeah. then that's like, that is essentially a type of community almost, right, in terms right. of generation. So right. yep. very cool. Okay. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that I, I'm starting to give feedback to my students who have given me their three objects, and I've noticed a lot of similarities, like maybe someone is talking about who owns knowledge, and then they have like um, a religious bracelet, mm. a religious text, and like a religious garb, like some kind of clothing. Mm. Like, ah, that's answering the prompt in the same way, Correct. right? Mm. So oh, right. something that, that in, in some of these questions, like um, who owns knowledge, would it be helpful, Anna, to flip the script there and find an object that, of something that like is not that's owned? Yeah. I think that's the idea. I think, yeah, okay. you know, you can come with different ideas as, you know, is there any ownership or is there not any ownership? And really it is about, again, uh, I keep stressing it, that it is about what is the knowledge in focus. As long as you can identify what is the knowledge in focus, then you can possibly draw some kind of, um, well, then you can come up with claims as why that knowledge would be owned or not. So mm -hmm. yeah. if, if, for example, that knowledge is um, 
is established on or is based on some kind of values and beliefs that belong just to one community, then it's very clear. But maybe it's knowledge that is easily transferable across communities, in which case, you know, that will make it not necessarily owned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, okay. And maybe there's the question, I, th I think it's also about the ownership. Is the ownership something that is determined or is it a choice mm -hmm. or is it a consequence? So again, we just have to be looking at the knowledge. We have to be looking at the knowers mm -hmm. and uh, really we have to be looking at the knowledge um, framework. Mm -hmm. So we can be thinking as, for example, maybe this community doesn't have the methods and tools and that's why mm -hmm. they cannot right. access this knowledge or maybe they don't speak the same language or maybe there are other values and rules in their community that prevents them to access this knowledge or or maybe it's just a choice that they just don't want to right yeah um, or maybe that knowledge was never accessible to them in the first place yeah. Yeah. but right. we have to be thinking do i have enough to write about if we feel that it's a great idea i really like it but actually i cannot come up with any meaningful analysis then it it's very good just to drop the object and yeah. just right. pick something that you can write about. This is an exam. This is not about your personal choices. It's about exam where you want to show that you understand TOK. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. So it's, it's about finding the perspectives, yeah. finding that tension. Mm. Don't forget to answer the IA prompt. <laughs> well, actually, that is, that is an important thing as well. So some students will have a great selection of objects and maybe they can then just say, I can see how these three connect through this eye prompt, but maybe if students feel that actually I have lots of objects, but don't, I don't really know what to do with them, yeah. mm -hmm. maybe it's a good point to start with the IA prompts and actually just ask yourself, can you actually come up with any meaningful answers to that yeah. question? Because if you can't, then maybe it's not an IA prompt for you, even right. if you can right. kind of... Um, even if you can see how the object could work, but you cannot come with an answer, mm -hmm. how that object is actually answering the eye prompt, mm -hmm. it, it may not be the one. Mm -hmm. And I can see that students tend to go with lots of the questions that were answered in the samples that we have discussed in classes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, we have discussed all the IA prompts, but not necessarily as introduction to IA. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a good idea just for them really read through them mm -hmm. and think about them as you know are some things unknowable if if you cannot come up with few ideas straight away then just don't do it just move to the next one sure. you know it's uh, there are so many beautiful questions there about evidence and doubt and yeah that can offer you so much to answer so yeah just think about that yeah that's such a good point and i also really like this idea of yeah flipping the script again like this question 22 what role do what role do experts play in influencing our consumption or acquisition of knowledge mm -hmm. to then think about, all right, well, what role do they not play? Not play. Do experts yeah. not play yeah, in that yeah, too? Yeah. But that and next, and I, yeah, I think it. I was just going to pick up on that because I've also kind of been pushing my students to try to pick, well, you know, early on I was pushing them to pick objects that were, <laughs> the word that I used was the juiciest objects, which had the yes. most to talk about, right? Yes. But mm -hmm. I, I, and I have constantly also come back to that word tension. Mm -hmm. But I do find that I struggle as a teacher sometimes to help them understand what tension means. Like, because yeah. tension does bring up this point of, of multiple perspectives, right. like you're talking about with regards to that prompt. But is there more to it that I'm missing, Anna, that you could elaborate upon in terms of what constitutes tension in terms of a real world context associated with an object? Well, I think tension will be about, ultimately, it will be about a decision you have to make. Mm -hmm. So, yes, mm -hmm. there will be 
possibly ideas that overlap or yeah we have to i mean yeah just think about it from the point of view of perspectives yeah yeah but don't necessarily think about it as as an argument that right. has to be resolved either, you know either it's right. either a or b right. there can be actually many answers to it and i think we can see that as a tension yeah um yeah wait this is a good point sorry to interrupt <laughs> but i do feel like we're using the word tension and maybe that's wrong because mm. tension i think has this negative connotation mm. so like it's Needs some kind of controversy yeah. yeah or like argument but I think the tension that we're looking for is like when we have those really good discussions in class yeah. and there are people like we're not all just like agreeing. There Correct. are people who like disagree for their different reasons and you're like, oh, yeah, I see your point there. Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of tension we're looking for. What is that yeah. word? Perspective, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I think it can also mean that we can ask lots of questions about it, different yeah. questions. So yeah. the okay. moment we can create lots of, uh, lots of different, we can answer it in lots of different ways. I think in a way it can be seen as creating tension. And that's why sometimes we kind of put there as well, you need to make a point, you know? So yeah. yes, yeah. there can be a tension, but it can be basically just discussing certain issues, certain aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So as you, you know, when you were mentioning that, um, okay, let's go to another one. What's, uh, there is one question that I think says, what constitutes knowledge? Mm. Or what counts as knowledge? What counts as knowledge? Oh, yes, yeah. first yeah. one, there we go. <laughs> yeah. What counts as knowledge? And Really, it's about thinking about the different things that can be knowledge, you know. So, for example, you know, it can be any kind of conjecture that we may have answers for, but we're not quite sure. We don't have necessarily certainty. Now, the question can be, can it count as knowledge? Mm -hmm. Well, we know that it does because some experts will try to resolve that problem. So, yes, it could count as knowledge. So can knowledge that is already recognized. So we can go with any theories, laws, anything that students know. Mm -hmm. um, equally, it can be an opinion because in that question, it doesn't say what kind of knowledge. Correct. So we can talk about my personal knowledge. And in that case, you know, the moment we will be able to analyze as what everything can be knowledge, and we can think of the different ways to answer it, that gives us an opportunity to make a point about it. Mm -hmm. And therefore, don't talk about knowledge that is recognized by experts in all three objects. Maybe right. talk about your own knowledge and what counts as knowledge for you. You know, we right. talked about mm -hmm. the different truth checks. So it's, you know, I count it as knowledge because I can use that knowledge, mm -hmm. you know. So there are different views how to look at that. Oh, that's a really good point. So you, you could do something like this is personal knowledge. Correct. This one is more like shared knowledge. And then this object is kind of tenuous. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe it is knowledge, maybe it's not. Mm. I don't know and, you know, you can then look at knowledge, you know, depending on how certain are we about it. When do we decide that it's knowledge and when not? Or mm. you can look at it through the, through the lens of the, of the concept of objectivity, you know. So it's only objective knowledge, knowledge. Mm. Or, you know, is sometimes subjective knowledge and knowledge. And mm -hmm. who decides? And mm. maybe, you know, there's another thing. When do we decide or where, you know, what, mm. what will be seen as knowledge? Something may be seen as knowledge in mm. one century, not as in a, another century. Mm -hmm. So we can look at the context, context of time. Right. We can look at the yeah, context okay. of different knowledge systems. So, mm -hmm. for example, subjective knowledge is absolutely recognized in the arts. Mm. But when we look at natural sciences, we struggle with that a little. Mm -hmm. So it is really just thinking a little bit uh, abstract but then connecting it to the objects, object. to the knowledge that the object represents or mm. communicates or, yeah, helps us to produce. Mm. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. 
And I think as teachers, we're really good about like talking things through, but we're the best teachers when we actually do it. So. (laughs) I was dreading this. On the air, I have a surprise for you two. I would like you to analyze this object. All right, listeners, here's what I've got. I have a framed black and white picture from 1954 of Chairman Mao and the Dalai Lama. And there's a penchan right there, another Tibetan high authority. Uh, um, are you going to pick a, a prompt for us, or are you going to let us Well, I, th- I thought you guys might be able to pick the prompt. Maybe how would you analyze it as a piece of knowledge? All right. <laughs> just prepare for dead air for like well. two minutes of nothing. Well, maybe we should just ask me now. Why did you oh, say right. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that part, darn it. No, well, just thought, to make it personal, why did you yeah, choose yeah. it for us? Yes, well, th- this we'll object connects to me. Well, part of the reason I thought this object was interesting is because there, I, I think the tension is evident in the picture itself, that here's Chairman Mao and here's the Dalai Lama at a mm. time when they were meeting. This was before, um, you know, Chairman Mao, well, he had already invaded Tibet, but the Dalai Lama was still trying to, mm-hmm. um, you know, reconcile mm-hmm. in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we know now in 2021 is how that has played out over history. Um, mm-hmm. But then as like a piece, just a black and white picture, mm-hmm. how can we analyze that? Is it okay to talk about all the content that comes with that? The history that comes with that? Or are we just looking at like, this is a black and white picture Well, in my classroom? I think that's where the... It, yeah, when it comes, whenever we talk about object, we have to talk about a real world context, mm-hmm. right? So, really, unless we establish what is the reason, where did this picture appear yeah. that we thought we need to talk about it and what knowledge was connected to it? You know, is it something in politics? Mm. Is mm-hmm. it something in history? Mm. Um, up until we find out what it is, it's very dif- difficult to analyze it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so until I see the real world context, I'm not quite sure. But equally, we can possibly be creative about that. And I think, you know, maybe the first, the second object, once we have the IA, will come naturally. But maybe the third one, we need, we will need to be a little creative, creative. about the real mm-hmm. world context mm-hmm. and actually think, okay, what do I, because we will already know what points we're making in the first two objects. So what is the third point we, we want to make? Mm-hmm. And in that case, it, this actually offers that kind of decision that, okay, I want to talk about historical knowledge because I haven't talked about anything else, so this mm-hmm. would be good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, we can link it to that. But equally, I don't know, somebody may actually um, come from China, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe belong to the religious group or... And therefore, they will have very different real-world context to mm-hmm. the one that I've just created Correct. that I would be looking at is as a primary source for, mm. you know, historical narrative. It's, it's very different. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to maybe explore around the objects, that what are the what different, you know, what different articles we can find yeah. <laughs> to go with it, yeah. um, <laughs> and which one will probably be the best one for me to express the point that I want to make. Yeah. Paris, what do you think? I... I completely agree with that and I think um, real world context obviously is the, is the starting point in terms of what needs to be established before we can kind of dive in head first into the analysis. I, I am curious as to whether Anna you think my, on my kind of discovery or first viewing of this photo would count as real world context from mm-hmm. a personal point of view in terms of 
my kind of my own values, beliefs, the way that I was shaped, and also my upbringing, considering I was born and raised in Hong Kong, the kind of understanding that I have historically of of both of these figures. Um, would that constitute real world context enough, or would we need something more, like you mentioned, like an article, something more definite that comes with that? It really depends what what I prompt you will link to it. Yeah. So, for example, if you will be talking about, there are some questions about personal experience. Yeah. You know, then. I can imagine, yes. Sorry, I'm trying to find it. I, I just can't I've, find a prompt. I, I had one in mind, <laughs> which was can, uh, prompt number 11. Mm. Can new knowledge change established values or beliefs? And this comes okay. across as new knowledge to me, even though it's not new knowledge to all communities or not all knowers, seeing this for the first time. So the actual meeting that it actually took place, Correct. evidence for that. Correct. Okay, can new knowledge establish, change established values and beliefs? Um Yes, as long as you can identify what, how did your values, does it really change your values or beliefs? Mm. Mm. So, you know, does this, does the fact that they did meet, so you basically, it is historical knowledge because mm. you just learned that there is this historical fact Correct. for which we have evidence. And therefore, what, you know, you need to then define yeah. the value or beliefs ch- must have changed from A to B yeah. or not. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, you have to be very specific as what those what values those and beliefs were right. or are, right. mm-hmm. uh, because if that won't be specified, we don't have much to, to talk about. <laughs> right. True. True. Um, so actually, I, w- I was thinking that at first I thought, okay, maybe number thirty-three. Mm-hmm. How is current knowledge shaped by its historical development? Mm-hmm. Thinking like, okay, now that we know sort of what has happened to Tibet, this is sort of interesting. However, I actually went to the one below that, 34. In what ways do our values affect our acquisition of knowledge? Mm. And what I think might make this more interesting that we could actually talk about is, Mm. yes, there's the tension in the picture itself that we know from history with Dalai Lama and Chairman Mao. But what's interesting is that in my classroom, the way that this picture has been received. Um, So last year, I had a grade 7 student come in, recognize Chairman Mao, and recognize the Dalai Lama, and was really like aghast that the Dalai Lama was part of this picture because right. her values and background was that Chairman Mao had really like changed China for the better, and this mm. was really wonderful. And whereas mine was much more like, well, he invaded Tibet, and Tibet has should have its own sovereign rights, and mm. those were sort of that was sort of the story that I was mm. told growing up. Mm. So maybe it's actually that context, that tension is more interesting than what's happening in this inside the photo itself. Right. What do you think, Anna? Well, but then we have to ask ourselves, why do we include this photo in our exhibition? Because it seems, you know, we we just have to really keep focused on the knowledge in the photo or it shouldn't mm, be just a true, stimulus for a debate. Right. right. It should have something to do with the debate. Right, right. So I'm, I'm okay, not necessarily okay. straight away saying that it won't work. But, but you gotta focus it, on the object. It's a little it bit more complex to describe yeah. as why we including it there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not impossible, but yeah, even I would need to kind of think, okay, this is a bit complex. How am I going to make it very clear that this is not just a stimulus for discussion, right? Right. But it is about something that actually that's a trap. Yeah. yeah, that's true, a trap. True. I've had lots of students fall into that. Of, of the, oh, this this book this isn't a stimulus for yeah. a book review Correct. or my analysis of it, and you got to come back to the object. Right. Yeah. The object that's has tricky. to have the impact. Mm. Right, right. And I guess that's where even you would link it to the prompt because it talks about our acquisition of knowledge. Mm, mm. Presumably there needs to be some acquisition of knowledge mm-hmm. represented by viewing that image. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's where it's interacting with knowledge involved. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. just think about answering it out 
that's definitely, you know, in what, va in what ways do our values affect our acquisition of knowledge? So I have to be thinking of the results. So mm. they can, they, the, our values can affect our acquisition of knowledge in the, in the way that I will accept that knowledge or I will reject the knowledge or I will yeah. tolerate yeah. the knowledge, mm -hmm. but okay. not necessarily, um, you know, not necessarily be willing to maybe share that knowledge further. So mm. there can be different answers to the question. And, um, if that goes with it, then yes. Yeah, but right. if, if I cannot really link, if I cannot really have a nice, clear answer about it, then rather not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. something easier. Ooh. This is a tough one. Well, I mean, right. that's the thing, right? listeners. If you're if you're still here with us, this is that's the <laughs> that's the whole point, right? I know we've been boring you with this object and this whole context and all of this stuff, but that's the point is that this is something you need to think about. You need mm -hmm. to actively sit down and actually mm -hmm. think about what the context is, how it's affecting knowledge, how it connects to the prompt very very clearly. How mm. it connects to the prompt, like Anna was just doing in terms of what is the value, how it's right. affecting whether right. we're acquiring it, rejecting it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of thinking to be done and that's the entire point. Yeah. Um, so please take the time to do that. Don't feel like it's, it's something that can be rushed and done right. overnight. Right. And just one more thing. I think sometimes students forget that this is not just a project for fun. Mm. It really right. is an exam. So just think about it. If you have, you have 35 questions that you can pick from, do not pick one that is too much of a challenge because sure. it is an exam after all right. right so let's keep those challenges questions for our tok lessons <laughs> but pick one that when it was discussed when you look at your notes from your classes you can actually do something with it and think mm. about how am i going to link the concepts to it think in the tok way before you actually mm -hmm. pick something and you need to make sure that you know what you're saying mm -hmm. solid mm -hmm. advice yeah that's brilliant awesome thank you so much thank Anna. you Anna. Been a pleasure. Listeners, thanks for sticking around with us. It's Doc Doc in 20. Bye. <laughs> See you next week. See you next Bye. week. <laughs>